Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast, where we strive to bring you useful and timely information to inspire and encourage you on your journey with histiocytosis. This is episode 13, Hiking Our Way to a Cure. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Wisniewski. When facing a rare disease diagnosis yourself or in someone you know, it can be so difficult to know what to do or how to feel amidst all of the doctor's visits, pokes, prods, medications, etc. We all have our unique ways of handling our individual situations, so different people will handle a rare disease diagnosis in different ways. For some, they immediately feel an urgency to do something to fight back, to make a difference somehow, some way. One way people do that is by raising funds and awareness for their particular disease to try to make the road a little easier for themselves, their loved one, or for those who will come after them. This is certainly true in the histio community. A diagnosis of something as rare as histiocytosis often makes patients and families feel isolated and alone. However, this community is so strong and vast that you never have to feel alone as you're on your journey. One way to connect and meet others who understand exactly what you're going through is to attend one of the many fundraising events that patients and families plan for the association. One such event is Histio Hike Shenandoah. This event, which started all the way back in 2010, is the epitome of strength and community and has become an annual excursion for many patients and families, a sort of yearly family reunion, if you will. Today, I sit down with Tracy Brown, who, along with her husband Ryan, created Histio Hike Shenandoah. We'll tell a few stories from the funny to the moving, talk about the impact the hike has had over the years, and how you can become a part of this beloved event. So let's get started. Hello, and a very special welcome to our Histio community and listeners. You know, we've all heard the the phrase that it takes a village, and that's no more true than when it comes to raising awareness and funds for histiocytosis research. It's because of our village of amazing fundraising families and events that we've been able to make such progress in the world of histiocytosis as far as earlier diagnosis, finding better treatments, and working our way towards a cure. The Histiocytosis Association is proud to work with and support many amazing fundraising events each year, And every year, it's always such an honor when those event hosts and fundraisers become family, making our village bigger and stronger. And that is definitely the case with today's guest. In today's episode, we're going to be talking with Tracy Brown, who, along with her husband, Ryan, started the Histio Hike Shenandoah all the way back in 2010. So Tracy, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks, Kathy. I'm so excited to join you. This is, I think this is such a great medium you guys have. I'm I'm happy to share a little bit about the hike. All right, great. Well, why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and and about your histio journey? Sure. Um, So my husband, Ryan, and I have a son, Ian, who is uh, now 16 and a half years old. And he was diagnosed with LCH, Langerhans cell histiocytosis, in October of 2006. Um, He was about 15 months old at the time. And um, he then proceeded to have multiple recurrences of the disease and ended up being in treatment for almost five years. Um, In fact, April 18th will um, come up on his 11 year anniversary though, of being um, with no active disease. So he's been doing, doing great since, um, since he finished treatment in 2010, um, which was actually the year we started the hike. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about, about choosing to start the hike. What inspired you to want to do a fundraiser and, and why did you choose a hike? So we actually had held um, a a fundraiser 
for the association in 2008, a couple of years after Ian was diagnosed. Um, you know, I think as a parent, you you certainly feel like um, you don't have a lot of power in the situation. You're having to subject your child to lots of appointments and pokes and, and treatments and things. And so you, you feel kind of powerless over a lot. Um, and we both felt like giving back and doing something would, would help us feel more empowered in this situation. And so we, we held a fundraiser at our house in 2008. Um, and we had a great turnout, lots of friends and family. I think we raised like $30,000 or something. It was, it was an awesome event. Um, and then in 2009, we um, found out that there was a hike out West, which we attended and we really liked the hike. We thought that was a lot of fun and a great opportunity to meet other Histio families. Um, so what we did when we came back is um, we thought that having a hike here in Virginia um, would be a really neat way to not only raise awareness um, and funds, but also bring families together. And I think, you know, having done our own fundraiser, we realized how much work sometimes it could be. Um, the association was great. They helped tremendously with getting, uh, you know, that original fundraiser off the ground and helping us. But um, we felt like if there was a way for families that maybe didn't have the time or the means to put on their own fundraiser, if there was a way we could get them involved by just joining a team or creating a team and joining our event, um, that would be a great way to expand kind of the network of people and also their their opportunity to give back and to feel empowered. So that was kind of the thinking behind the hike um, in terms of having an event that people could join and, and, and create a team. The other thing we we liked about the idea of a hike was that, um, you know, ultimately Ian had multiple recurrences. We were on four different kinds of treatment over the years. There were a lot of ups and downs in his journey um, to getting well. And I think we both um, really liked the symbolism of hiking in the mountains and kind of the peaks and valleys and, and the challenges of a hike. And you know, being able to kind of get to the top of that mountain and feel great and then go, oh gosh, I got to go back down and, and there might be another peak um, in the future. But just kind of the symbolism of that really uh, appealed to us as well. That's awesome. I think that um, you touched on something that probably will resonate with a lot of fundraising families is that um, it, it is a way to fight back when you can sometimes feel like what else can I do? This is a way for you to get involved and to stand up and fight back against this crazy disease that you're having to deal with. Definitely. Definitely. So when you started planning the hike all those years ago, did you, did you envision it um, becoming something that you would continue to do annually? Did you think it was a one-time thing? And then, um, you know, it became such a beloved event over the years and people love attending this event. So um, did you really think that 13 years later, you would still be doing this? That's a really good question. I, I think we hoped that it would become something that we would do every year, but you, you never know um, how, how a particular event will resonate or not. Um, we had a tremendous turnout the first year. I think we had like 220 people um, that attended. Uh -huh. And so, you know, that was such a great event. And then we, you know, the next thought was, well, if we do this again, will they come back? <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of joke with some friends that it's almost like planning a big wedding or celebration every year. And you, you just always hope that the RSVPs are going to come in and people will come. <laughs> so I, I always get a little nervous that they won't, but they do. Um, and it's amazing. And I, I certainly did not anticipate, nor did Ryan, I think, um, that, it would become such a, a point of um, community for so many people that they look forward to it. We have families that have been coming since the first or second year 
and they they tell us, you know, this is the first time that we were ever able to meet other people that had histio. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time that we ever were, got the chance to tell our story to people who understand. Um, you know, I think that certainly when when Ian was diagnosed in 2006, we didn't have Facebook and we didn't have a lot of the online resources we have today. Um, so there, I, I definitely was looking for that community in creating the event. You know, that was something we really focused on and wanting to make sure that we introduce all the the Histia warriors and their families and the people that support them. And we want to make sure that everybody that's there um, feels welcome and feels part of that community and and has a chance to tell their story and to feel um, supported in that way. So we definitely, you know, had aspirations that it would become an annual thing. We we could not have anticipated how well it's been received by the community and how beloved it's become. That just means the world to us. Do you happen to know offhand um, what like the highest number of attendees you've ever had? I think it was that first year that was like 220. I think um, we've had as little as like 90. Uh, and this is, I'm talking in person, um, you know, folks. Um, and then I think on average, we usually get around 100 to 150. 50, or I'm sorry, like 115 to 150. Um, it just depends on the year. Um, you know, I know spring is hard. People have, you know, sports and graduations and confirmations and all sorts of stuff. So it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit around some people's activities, but <clears throat> you know, we've, we've consistently had a really nice, nice, uh, turnout in person every year. Yeah. And it, it, that's the great thing about having events like this is that is that people do get to, just like you said, come together and, and finally be around people who understand what they're going through. And, you know, I, just like Jeff, when he started the association all those years ago, he did it because he, he felt so alone and, you know, he didn't know anybody else that had this disease that his daughter had. And um, so I think that that's one of the, almost the intangible kind of benefits of having events like this is that um, people get to build this community of people that, that understand them. So. Yeah, absolutely. So having done this for so many years, you must have a lot of stories. Can, is there (laughs) anything you could share with us, like a funny story and maybe a a moving story from over the years? Sure. Uh, You know, one of the things that's kind of cool, and this is more just a general statement is um, because we have so many people that come year after year, it's been really cool to see all these kids um, grow, you know, and not just kids, but even adults and young adults that come back year after year and now, you know, either have families of their own or, or kids that were, you know, Ian was five when we started it and now he's, you know, 16 and, and a teenager. And so to see these kids grow, I think also what's neat for families that come is to see those older kids and say, Oh, look how great they're doing. My little, my little one, is in the throes of it right now, or my, you know, 12 year olds feeling this for the first time. And look at these older, older um, warriors who have uh, moved past their treatment and are doing so great. So I think that's one of the really cool sort of moving parts about it too. Um, and then just from a fun perspective, like we have kids, we, we kind of have a running joke. There's always some kid who loses their first tooth at the hike. We've had that happen <laughs> year, multiple years. Um, there, you know, we are in a national park. It is, it is the woods and there are lots of fun and wildlife um, that, that are around fun wildlife that are around. And so our son gives a bear talk on Friday night as part of our welcome program to remind people some, you know, basic bear safety tips, like don't leave your food out um, overnight, you know, put your things away. And somebody, I guess, didn't 
believe, you know, that that was a real thing. And so they left all their food in a cooler on their balcony of their hotel room. (laughs) And the next day, all their food was gone. So we remind folks of the bear, the bear height at the bear talk every year about that one. Um, And then from a moving perspective, you know, in terms of telling a moving story, I guess probably my favorite um, tradition at the hike is um, we have an awards night on Saturday. Um, And the awards are, you know, kind of who raised the most, who, you know, traveled the furthest and some different, different things like that. Um, and we kind of play it by ear every year and see what makes sense for, for the group that's come. But starting in the first year, um, my parents were there and my, my dad did the long hike and, and, um, he, um, spent a lot of time on the trail with this one guy and they did the long hike and they were like the last ones to come back. Um, the long hikes about 13 and a half, 14 miles. Um, Throughout the day, you know, I'm having all these people come back from, from their hike and saying, you know, I had a great time. We, we really enjoyed it. We, you know, telling me their stories about the hike. And I, I probably had half a dozen people say, has the guy in the orange tank top gotten back yet? He's, he's you know, working really hard. He's hiking for his daughter um, who passed away from Histio. Um, but ha- has he made it back yet? And I kept hearing about this guy in this orange tank top. And, um, you know, everybody was, I think maybe a little worried about him because he wasn't maybe your typical hiker. <laughs> um, and so they were worried and wanted to make sure he made it back. And as the day wore on and we, you know, check in all of our hikers at the end to make sure nobody gets left on the mountain. And, and we still had a couple people left and my dad was one of them. And so was, was this guy, um, Wes Tobias is his name. And he knows I'll tell this story every time. So I think we're okay in <laughs> sharing Wes's name. <laughs> And so Wes and my dad roll up and sure enough, Wes is in this bright fringe tank top and he and my dad come down the last little bit of the hill to the, to the conference center where we all meet. And, um, everybody kind of cheered a little bit cause they were the last ones in. And, um, my dad pulled me aside and he said, Tracy, um, his story is amazing. Um, his daughter, Maddie died of, um, of histio. And, um, he said that, this was the hardest thing he's ever done physically, but if his daughter could do all she did to fight his then a little hike in the woods was something that he could manage. So that just touched me and everybody, you know, at that hike, at that first hike. And so we started the most heart award and West was our first recipient. And so that's like my favorite tradition of the hike is, is we give that out as our last award. It's the most heart. And usually if, if they're able to come, the person who received it the year before, we like to have them be the one to present it um, to the new person that next year. And um, so I'm always kind of soliciting, you know, hey, is there anybody you, you think would be good for the most hard awards each year during the, the day of the hike and the weekend of the hike? So that's that's probably my favorite, favorite uh, moving story about the hike. Oh, it gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> I was at that first hike. I remember that. <laughs> yes. Yep. It- I do have a, a personal funny story that I'm not even sure if you know about, but um, I might not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I attended the hike in 2011 as well, and um, that it fell on the weekend that Prince William and Catherine got married. <laughs> I remember that, and everybody was so upset with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was uh, I was sharing a room with one of my coworkers, and of course, you know, in you know, uh, Great Great Britain is five hours ahead of us. 
And so the, the coverage of the wedding started at something like three or four o'clock in the morning. And I begged my coworker, is it okay if I get up to watch? Can I get up to watch? And she said, I don't, I don't mind. Go ahead. So I was up at like three o'clock in the morning watching the wedding and then helped work all day. I was so tired by the end of the day, but it was so worth it. <laughs> That's funny. No, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Oh, I was funny. like sitting on the end of the bed watching, trying to stay quiet. <laughs> so um, because of the, the pandemic that happened, the hikes looked a little bit different these last couple of years, and it was done virtually. But this year, you're going to be returning to that in-person hike with a virtual aspect. So how much does it mean to you to be able to hold the hike in person again? Oh, it, mean, it means so much. I've, I I didn't think, I don't think I fully appreciated how much being with the hike family every year means not just to us and our family, but, you know, the Histio community that's attended. I have had so many um, Histio families reach out and say, you know, the virtual hike was great this year. Thanks for putting it on. But gosh, I can't wait till we can see you guys in the mountain, hug each other and see how everybody's doing. And it, it truly is like, I mean, I, I think one family described it as like Histio summer camp, you know, I mean, we come, even though it's not in the summer, right. It's in the spring. And so the weather is, can always be a little interesting. You never know if you're going to get a 90 degree day or snow. We've had both right. and everything in between, but it's that being out away from your normal life, right. You're it's internet's available ish, you know, it, it's cell phone <laughs> coverage is a little spotty. You know, you're, you're kind of just out in nature. You're with your family, you're with your friends, you're with your Histio family it's kind of just a really great, neat escape. Um, and, and it's not all, you know, sad and thinking about the hard parts of Histio. It's also, it's sharing those experiences, but it's also having fun and getting together and, you know, sharing our stories and our positive things that are happening in our lives too. And so I think it's just, those things can be a little harder from a virtual perspective and, you know, looking at people on zoom and all that stuff, it's harder to make those, those connections. And so I think that's, there's a lot of people that are really excited to get back to that. And, you know, lots of hugs will happen. I'm sure. Right. For sure. It's going to be like a family reunion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people have described it as that too, like a Histio family reunion too. <laughs> well, it's coming up in just a couple of months here. It's going to um, take place April 29th and 30th. So Tell us a little bit about the hike weekend. What does it look like in terms of events and what can participants expect from the weekend? Sure. Um, so Friday afternoon, um, there's um, a registration. If you're coming for the whole weekend, let me back up a little bit. So there are a couple different options. You can register to come for the whole weekend, which is Friday night dinner, Saturday breakfast, Saturday night dinner, and then you make your own um, lodging reservations through the park directly. Our registration covers the dinners and, and the breakfast and the t-shirt. Um, and then you're, you're registered for the hike. Um, or if you can't make it for the full weekend, you can come on Saturday early in the morning and um, go out on a hike with, with other folks and then stay for dinner um, and maybe stay over just Saturday night. That's another option. Or if you truly just want to come and hike, you know, you can come for the day and just hike during the day. And there are, you know, three different registration options. I really think people get the most out of it when they can come for both nights um, or at the at, at a minimum stay over Saturday night too, because that's when we have our awards dinner and our things like that. So I think that there's a lot more that you get if you can spend the whole weekend. Um, if you can do the whole weekend, the whole uh, agenda is, Friday registration in the afternoon, starting around three. Most people show up between like four and six. 
it is, you know, once you get into Shenandoah, it is a little bit of a hike on that, uh, not hike, a little bit of a, a long drive on um, Skyland Drive, just because you can only go 35 miles an hour, but um, it's not very far into the, into the park before you get to where we stay at Skyland. But so uh, you can come Friday afternoon. If you're going to stay the whole weekend, you can come Friday afternoon and registration starts around three. Um, folks usually arrive between like three and uh, maybe six o'clock and dinner is usually between 6.30 and 7.30. Um, and at that time, we have uh, a buffet and, and dinner and things at a conference hall. Um, and we rent the conference hall for the weekend. That's kind of our, our hike central. And there's a big green space in front of the, the conference hall. And then there's hotel rooms and cabins around that. And that's our starting point for the hike. That's also where everybody congregates. Um, so dinner's there. Then we have a welcome program after dinner where Ian gives his talk. Um, my husband goes through kind of the logistics of the weekend and anything you need to know about hike departure times. And then on Friday night, we have uh, an annual tradition where we have someone who's been to the hike before give a, a short speech on why they hike. Um, and I always think that's a great moving, centering part of the weekend and reminds everybody why we're there. Um, so somebody will give a why we hike speech. Um, and then everybody hopefully goes to bed and gets lots of rest so they could do their hike the next day. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll hear more about what you can expect from the hike weekend, as well as the incredible impact the hike has had, both financially and emotionally, over the years. We'll be right back. In 2019, the Histiocytosis Association launched the Histio Student Scholarship Program, celebrating the many advances in research and medicine that are now making it possible for young adult histio warriors to step into that next phase of life and chase their dreams in college. The association is honored to provide the scholarship program for those impacted by histiocytic disorders in the United States, and it's made possible through the generosity and support of the community. This year, there are four available scholarships through the program. Three of those scholarships are designated for Histio Warriors, and one is designated for a Histio family member. If you'd like to learn more about eligibility or apply, you can visit our website at histio.org. Under the resource tab, find the scholarship program or email your questions to us at scholarships at histio.org. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Tracy Brown about Histio Hike Shenandoah. Stay tuned as we talk about the impact of the event and how you can get involved. There are three different options for the hike. There is a what we call the long hike, which is a loop from Skyland. Parts of it are on the Appalachian Trail. You go down uh, one trail, you come up another trail um, called White Oak Canyon that has a bunch of um, waterfalls on it. And that, like I said, is about 14 miles. We've had uh, disputes over the years, the actual GPS uh, distance, <laughs> but we'll say it's between 13 and 14 miles. The, what we call medium hike is uh, an out and back on that same White Oak Canyon trail. So you'll run into other hikers that are part of our event on the uh, medium hike. And on that one, you could just go down as far on the trail as you'd like. You just got to remember, you got to turn around and come back up the hill. <laughs> um, so <laughs> That one also has the waterfalls. So that's a popular hike for, for a lot of folks is to do that medium hike. 
Um, and then the um, what we call the short hike is actually on a loop trail that's flat. It's great for strollers. It's great for little kids. Um, if you get lucky and, and Dr. Lawler um, will often join us with his family and he is the salamander whisperer on that trail. He's <laughs> adept at finding this very particular type of salamander that's only um, found in Shenandoah National Park. And he's always great at finding them and sharing them with the kids. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's a good tip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those are our three hikes. And so people do those starting between like 6.30 a.m. and like 9, 10 a.m. is when they leave. You know, the longer hikes leave earlier. Everybody hikes for the day. Um, most people are back by two or four or at the latest, depending if they do the long hike and how fast they hike it. Um, so people will be coming in throughout the day and, and checking back in that they they finished their hike. And then that afternoon, we also have, um, sometimes we'll have a ranger um, share some information with kids about, you know, different things in the park. I'm not sure if we're still working on whether we can do that this year with the pandemic. We're not sure if the rangers are available for that part of the event, but we're going to try and do that again this year. And then we have what we call listen and learn. We typically will have one uh, physician um, who treats histio patients there. You can ask questions. It's not medical advice, but it's more about um, what's going on with research, um, with histio, what's going on in terms of the latest clinical trials, uh, all that sort of stuff. And it's also an opportunity. That's really where we hear everybody kind of share their histio story. So that's one of the, the neat parts about the, the weekend is to be able to share your individual story at that point. And then Saturday night, we have dinner and our awards. And then we usually have a bonfire um, with s'mores afterwards, weather permitting <laughs> on that. And then the one thing I forgot to mention is if you do register for the hike, we encourage folks to create a team. And most folks will do that um, uh, kind of named after their, their Histia warrior that they're hiking in honor of. And so on Friday night, we also introduce um, all the teams as well. Great. I know that was a lot. <laughs> no, that's that's great. It's um, it's an exciting weekend for sure. Very fun. As I say, and then on su- Sundays, one thing I forgot on Sunday morning, there's no hike uh, official sanctioned hike deck hike, hike activities on Sunday, but everybody likes to go get the great breakfast up at the lodge too. So you'll see everybody getting their breakfast at the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> that is a nice restaurant up there. <laughs> it, it's got those glass windows that overlook the valley and all of that. It's so pretty. So what do you think that um, the hike means to the Histia warriors that attend? Like you said, there's some that come year after year and you get to watch them grow. And, and you know, over the years, I'm sure this means something different to them. Um, what, what do you think it means to them? You know, I, I actually asked my son that because I, I, you know, I'm not the Histia warrior, so I know what it means to me. So I asked him and, and he said for him, one of the things that he really enjoys is just meeting other people who have been through what he's been through. Um, so I think that that is pr- a, probably a very common thread, recognizing you're not alone, um, you know, feeling like you've got others that you could rely on that have been through those same experiences. And I think we try and also make the warriors feel really special. You know, they get special t-shirts that only the warriors get. Um, and so we like to celebrate them. And so hopefully they feel like, um, you know, it's a special weekend for them too. I'm sure, I'm sure they've built some friendships that amongst each other that will last a lifetime as well. Definitely. So what about um, any op- opportunities or activities for the non-hikers, any family or friends um, that come who want to support but are not actually hiking? Sure. 
Uh, yeah, we, we, as I mentioned, we have some activities on Saturday, you know, during the day, there's that big green space. There's always activities, you know, usually the weather we've been lucky has been pretty good. So we have um, games and stuff on the green. We've had kickball tournaments. We've had crafts. Um, we've had, you know, the ranger sessions that I mentioned, the listen and learn that I mentioned. So there's a lot going on during the day. Um, after about, you know, mid-morning till the, the evening, there are things usually happening on the green space in front of the conference hall for people to participate in. And there's certainly um, opportunities for folks to volunteer as well if they're not hikers. Um, you know, they're welcome to um, register as a volunteer, somebody who's interested in volunteering. And we've got people that, um, you know, if they want to take photographs, we we get everybody's pictures at the end um, and do a, a quick video slideshow on Saturday night of the of the weekend. Everybody loves seeing that. Um, so we're always looking for help with the photos, the registration, both on Friday and Saturday, um, you know, when the hikers go out and come back, making sure everybody got back safely. Those are opportunities as well. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the virtual aspect, because this year you're going to do both. You're going to do in-person and virtual. So how, how does that work? What does that look like? Yeah, so we've actually done offered the virtual hike in the past. Um, and I think that we, we learned a lot during COVID about how to make that experience a little bit more engaging for folks because we were all virtual. So I think what we're envisioning this year is like our awards dinner, um, our awards uh, night on Saturday night, we'll probably try and live stream that. Um, so folks that are, have, have um, participated virtually can you know, take part in that part of the event. But as term, in terms of the virtual, you still get a fundraising page. You can still create a team. You can still have other people register. You'll get um, a T-shirt. You will have the opportunity to fundraise for the incentives that we've offered. And then on the day of the hike or, you know, the weekend before, if you can't do it, the, the day of the hike, you know, you go out and you, you create your own hike, whether that's walking a mile around your neighborhood or going to a local trail and hiking 14 or 15 or 30 or whatever, you know, your um, fitness level allows you to do. It's really kind of make your own hike. But the, the part we want to make sure you're, you're able to participate in is that community aspect. And so we really want to make sure that, um, we're, we're getting you engaged in the uh, awards part on Saturday night, because I think that's where you get a, a little bit more of the, the true flavor of the hike. Right. I, I love that it's, it's going to be hybrid, even though you've done the virtual in the past, I love that it's going to be hybrid so that you can do the streaming and bring people into um, the event as it's happening live. And it, it also gives you a, a farther reach right? So um, it doesn't, it doesn't limit where people can participate from, which is really cool. Definitely, definitely. And, and we also, you know, I talked about the pictures and people taking their, their photos throughout the day of their hike and sharing those back, you know, another part of the virtual is we want to get those photos from you out in, you know, your different parts of the parts of the world, even, you know, that can't be in Virginia that time, we'd love to see your photographs too. So we can include those in our slideshow. So you're, you're truly part of that, you know, fun at the end of the night where we share everybody's uh, day. So do you know, like, what's the furthest away you've had someone attend from either virtually or in person? Oh, well, I know um, my in-laws live in Ecuador. They retired to Ecuador a few years ago. And so they have done virtual hikes from Ecuador before. Very I cool. think that might be the farthest. Um, in the States, we've had folks from, you know, uh, the upper Northwest, um, 
yeah, I think we've had pretty varied. I feel like there might be some other international one and I can't remember what country it was. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think it, this is going to just continue to grow and you'll have people from all over, all over the world. <laughs> Certainly hope so. So let's talk a little bit about the impact that the hike has made over the years. So to date, Hisio Hike Shenandoah has raised over $780,000. What comes to mind for you when you see or hear a number like that? It makes us speechless, honestly. it's It's been so amazing to see that over year over year, we have people that continue to donate and continue to support us. And, you know, people continue to share with their friends and family the need to raise these funds for both awareness and research. And so I think for me as a parent who, uh, when Ian was diagnosed in 2006, you know, like I said, feeling like I was not empowered, I couldn't fix this problem for my child. Um, it really, it makes me feel good to know that we've put, you know, money out there that can help with research that can help bring families together. Um, and just, it's, it's meant a lot to us. So just to bring a little bit of perspective to that number, you've raised over 780,000. So if we go to round down to 750,000, that's the equivalent of 15 funded research grant projects for the association. So our projects are typically funded at about $50,000. So that's 15 research projects. So because of this, um, the hike and the money that you've raised and that the community has helped raise, 15 research grant projects have been funded. And that's helped us progress towards these better treatments and a cure. Not only that, but the hike also committed to supporting our scholarship program as well. And the hike um, committed over 4,500 to the scholarship program in 2019 and over $5,200 in 2021. So what does that mean to you? That's got to feel pretty good. It's got to be um, a, a, a moment of pride. Definitely. Um, you know, I think we're, we're just so honored to be able to help facilitate it. Like it's, we didn't raise that ourselves you know, it's, it's every single person who has a friend and family member that they said, Hey, can you give five bucks? Can you give $10? Would you consider donating? You know, I think it's everyone in the community has done that. I certainly, as someone who has been able to help facilitate it, we were absolutely proud. Um, you know, I think that, um, as a parent of a child who went through four different types of treatment over the course of almost five years, because nothing worked for him being able to fund um, research that is helping provide more um, information about the disease that hopefully can ultimately provide more targeted therapies is absolutely important to me and, and my husband as well. And I think that, that that part of it in particular, I'm really proud of is the research component. The education piece, you know, I, I think that education has always been huge in my family um, and, and Ryan's as well. And so we were really happy to be able, when the association started the scholarship program, you know, we're really happy to be able to contribute to that with the Histio Warrior Scholarship as well. Definitely paying it forward, right? Definitely. So aside from the this incredible financial impact that the hike has made, there's also been a lot of emotional, intangible impact. And we kind of touched on that earlier in our conversation, but what other impact have you seen from the hike? How has it impacted you personally and how have you seen it impact um, attendees over the years? Yeah, I mean, we did talk about it a little bit in terms of people making connections with other Histio families that they maybe would not have otherwise um, made. Um, I know that there was one family who came, uh, it was actually the mother that came one year, um, the first year she came, and her son had Histio and he didn't come. He was, I want to say 10 or 11, maybe 12, and he was just having a rough time kind of, 
you know, reconciling what this meant for him. And so he was like, I don't want anything to do with that mom. <laughs> so she came and it was a year that we had another Histio warrior actually give our why we hike, why I hike speech. And he was about the same age as this first woman's son. And so that mom said, Hey, I don't care what he says. I'm bringing him back next year. He needs to be here. He needs to feel a part of this community. And, and those two boys are now very good friends. Um, as I think you mentioned earlier, I'm sure there's, you know, connections made among the warriors and they are, and they've had this shared experience. The boy who didn't want to come, he is now, you know, in charge of putting together our, uh, our slideshow every year. He's an amazing photographer. So I think for me, you know, the, um, the impact to the, to the community is having all those connections made, having people feel like they're a part of something and having the, the opportunity to help those people come together just means a lot to our family. Great. So what would you say is your personal goal for this hike looking towards the future? Well, gosh, if I was being totally honest, I'd, I'd like it to be put out of business because we don't need to you know, raise money or funds <laughs> right. anymore, but <laughs> um, I don't think we'd be, you know, we'd still get together and have fun on the mountain. We maybe just wouldn't need to raise so much money. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think in the future, you know, I would love to see it continue you know, for a lot, a lot of years, it, it means a lot um, to so many people at this point. And I, I'm always, I'm always thinking if we can get a family there one year, they'll almost always come back um, because it is such a special event. And so I just would love to see us continue to grow um, the people that participate and, and a hope that we can do everything we can to make them feel a part of that, that special um, hike community. So what is it that about the hike that you think makes it so special? And if you had to describe the hike in one word, what would it be? I would say community, that sense of community and also fun. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) you know, it's fun. Yeah. I think what makes it special are the people, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that, that put themselves out there to share their stories and to, you know, I, I've seen so many people give hugs to people they don't know as soon as they start telling their story about somebody that they love who they've lost to Histio or somebody who had a difficult journey with um, their treatment. You know, just that sense of love and community is just, I think, what makes it really special. Right, right. And, you know, it's not it's not always easy to do that. I mean, you have to be very vulnerable in order to stand up and and tell a story like this. And so, I, I love that the community is there just to kind of, like you said, reach out, give those hugs, lift the person up and let them know it's all going to be okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. And, and I think the other thing too, is, you know, if you don't want to share your story, that's okay too. You can sit mm-hmm. there and listen and absorb and and get what you need out of it. If you're not one for sharing and, and I'd say nine times out of 10 that the next year, that person will be the first one to pat somebody else on the back or, or maybe at that point, they're ready to share their story. Right. Right. Here's your chance for a little commercial. Why (laughs) should, why should people register and attend the hike this year, either person in person or virtually? We've all been stuck in our houses for far too long, you know, get out there, get some fresh air, get some nature. You know, I, I find nature to be so inspiring. Um, You know, I think it, it, it does a lot for the soul. Um, you add that plus an awesome community of people who are there to to support you and and um, lift you up if you need it. And um, I think it's just it's it's a fun event and it's a fantastic and easy way to raise awareness and and funds that you know the association does a terrific job of directing uh, 
towards research and programs. And we just would love to meet you. You know, we, we, we love being able to connect families together and having them feel supported. So we'd love to have you join us. All right. So where can people go to get more information about the hike and to register? So uh, histiohike.com will take you to our registration page and our, um, you know, where you can set up your team. You can see how the, um, the donations are coming along and it has all the information about um, how to get your lodging and uh, information about the park and information about the hikes. We also do have a Facebook page, um, which you're welcome to follow. It's Histio Hike Shenandoah and also an Instagram account, Histio Hike Shenandoah. So you can hit us up on, on all your favorite social media platforms. But if you want the most in- direct information, um, histiohike.com. Okay. And registration is open now, right? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. But before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our Histio community? Uh, I'd, I'd like to say thank you for, for having me on. This has been fun. Um, hopefully I didn't ramble too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but this, you know, we really would love to have folks join us. I think every year we, we look for new ways to reach out to um, families and try and, you know, tell them how fun and awesome the hike is. And it can feel intimidating. Um, you think, well, I'm not a hiker. Or, you know, that's not for me. That's okay. You don't have to hike. Just come and hang out, you know, bring your lawn chair and, and your favorite, you know, comfortable shoes and, and hang out. Um, you can hike if you're a hiker. If you just want to take a stroll, you can do the, the short hike and, and look for salamanders with Dr. Chris. You know, <laughs> there's lots of different opportunities for everybody who might want to want to engage with us. And I think the most important thing is um, you will be welcome no matter, no matter what. Um, if you want to share your story, we'd love to hear it. If you just want to get to know some others, that's fine too. Um, we'd just love to have you. Histiohike.com. All right. So everybody run to that website and sign up. You won't regret it. It's a fantastic event, a fantastic time. So um, of course, we hope to see you there. But Tracy, thank you so much for spending your time with us tonight and for telling us more about the hike and hopefully inspiring many people to, to sign up and to attend. Thanks, Kathy. And, and love the, web, uh, the podcast. I think you guys are doing a great job with it. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so there you have it. It's absolutely incredible what the Histio Hike Shenandoah has grown into since it started back in 2010 and the community that has been built. As you've just heard, this event has made an amazing impact financially and has helped fund research as well as the Histio Scholarship Program. While many families have attended several, if not all, of the hikes and have built that community and camaraderie that we talked about, don't let that stop you if you've never attended before. Like Tracy mentioned, they are always hoping for new families to become part of the village so that you, too, can be guided and supported while on your own Histio journey. Having attended several hikes myself, I can attest to the fact that if you're looking for community and others who understand what you're going through with histiocytosis, this is the place to be. I would highly encourage you to mark your calendars for April 29 through 30 and plan to attend, either in person or virtually. I promise you'll be glad you did. I hope you found value in today's episode and are encouraged to get involved with Histio Hike Shenandoah. Check out the show notes for the link to the website for more information. And if you'd like to plan your own fundraising event, we would love to welcome you to our family of fundraising event hosts. Just reach out to events at histio.org for more information and to get started. If you liked this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, 
leaving us a comment or taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on Instagram at histiocytosis underscore association. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you're notified every time a new episode of Beyond the Diagnosis is released. Remember, we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, you can email it to podcast at histio.org and put podcast idea in the subject line. For links to websites, studies, articles, or resources referenced in today's episode, be sure to check the show notes. As always, we've so enjoyed bringing you this episode of the podcast and look forward to sharing our next episode coming soon. Until then, take good care.